We are episode five. I can't believe time has flown. Uh, five weeks of this. I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, how are you going with it? Look, I'm loving it as well. It's been, uh, we, look, for the viewers or the listeners, we were doing a test, essentially. Hey, let's run six episodes, see how it goes. And I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I hope if you're listening at home that you're getting some value out of this and really discussing the challenges that we are facing in this world. Uh, just before the podcast, we were talking about how fast the rate of change is. And I don't see it slowing down. I think it's going to continue having an impact on our workplaces, on our lives. And so the topics that we're dealing with are interesting. That's right. And, and I didn't really do a formal intro and I should do that. Welcome to the Visible Workplace podcast. This is episode five and we are talking about digital intrusion today, which is a huge topic, huge, huge topic. Uh, I know that things have changed, you know, drastically over the last 20 years, but, you know, I've felt it in every single way, every direction, um, you know, whether it be my laptop, my iPhone, social media, phone calls, text messages, it's just never ending. And I, it's this sort of love-hate relationship. So I'm looking forward to delving into that today. Um, you know, I guess to start with what I mean by a love-hate relationship is uh, I f it's the dopamine hit. It's the, you know, I want to be on Instagram. I want to be searching and utilising all of the, the wonderful things that we can do today with technology. But another part of me is, uh, you know, well, lost without it. That's a, there's, a, there's sort of an urgency that hits. I don't know if you've ever felt that feeling of have I lost my phone? It's almost like have I lost a limb? It's it's frightening how how horrible that feeling is, and and that cannot be healthy, right? Well, I don't know whether it's healthy or not. I mean, it's a it, it's a fascinating experience that we are having around the relationship with the phone, and really going back in time a little bit, it certainly picked up at the iPhone in what was 2008 that the iPhone gets released. I mean, that, what are we, 2024, so 16 years ago. But even before that, the mobile phones were having an impact. But when they were just the Nokia 3310 or the ancient car phone, I remember when our father first got a phone in his car and this was revolutionary. And previous to that, he was running around with a pager and the page would come in and he would answer that phone. So, uh, or, or call the hospital back, he was an obstetrician. So the degree of technology that we're faced with now has rapidly developed over those timeframes. And compared to the rest of say historical time, it is, it usually takes millions and millions of years to see like one change. And we are seeing multiple changes almost daily. And it is insane. Like for our evolution as human beings to be in this soup of chaos, this soup of change with the digital revolution that has happened, it's, it's putting a lot of strain on things and our minds to cope with it. Oh, you know, like it, it's it's fascinating to see what sort of difficulties and yet also what sort of opportunities are present. 
Mm. That kind of piqued my interest at, at evolution. It's an interesting one to, you know, think about humans evolving with, with technology. Um, and I suppose you talk about the rapidness of how this is, how everything's transpired. And I feel like there's this tension between, you know, the human brain is so capable of, of running with something and, um, you know, we probably only use 30% of our ability brain power wise. So in one aspect, it's kind of, you know, um, something that humans can really cope with, but almost on, a, on an emotional level, that's where I think the tension lies uh, because it takes a lot of our time. It's, uh, you know, disruptive to other things that we might want to be doing. Um, and and it's, I guess I suppose it's, um, you know, opening up all sorts of new things, which is great, but it's also uh, challenging for us. I suppose, you know, in, you, you know, you, you tell me, like, how, how does a, how is this, how do we use this technology in a positive way? Should there be boundaries with how much we use it per day? How do we manage this situation, particularly with the demands of work? You know, I know that I can do a, you know, a long day, 8 a.m. to 5.30. I can easily come home, get our kids sorted and settle right back into some more hours of work because it's all there available, the whole, all the software that I require, it's just a never-ending situation if I want it to be. So in, in that way, um, you know, it's quite intrusive. And I suppose, you know, depending on your work ethic and your attitude towards, you know, like what, what else is going on in your life, maybe you just spiral into being a workaholic um, I don't know. Other 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 things are intrusive as well, like social media. Sometimes I feel like people are always in contact with me, and it's too much. Other times I almost crave more of that. So there's these all of these elements that are are going on. Um, you know, how are we supposed to manage all of this? I mean, there's just a vast amount of issues. Even with that last discussion that you opened up, okay, so we've got digital intrusion during work hours. So I'm trying to do my work and then there's the, the, the ding of the email, the ding of social media, the ding, the ding, the ding, all of those intruding into the work that I'm meant to be doing. So that's during work hours and then now you head home and the work doesn't really stop because it's very available. And certainly as a parent, uh, I recognize that the kids used to go to bed a fair bit earlier than they do now, but there would be a, oh my goodness, now I can catch up. And it would be totally possible because of the access to the internet, bring up whatever I was working on, do another hour, do another hour and a half. So we've got a couple of issues here. One is the digital intrusion of the notifications going off and what that's doing to focus to the capacity to actually get stuff done. And then on the other side, the intrusion and the fusing of work-life balance. And the, these, these two things, I mean, one of the things that comes, if I'm not getting the work done during the day because I'm constantly allowing interruptions, then I'm going to end up having to do it at nighttime, 
but my poor discipline or my choice not to, to say, no, I don't want that allows again intrusion. I'm not really performing. So there's, there's attached the, perhaps the potential here that can I block the intrusion, turn off the notifications, get some work done, and then perhaps allow a window. But you did mention an interesting thing, which was the, the, the feelings that come through when the notifications go off. And I do wonder whether our brains are being hijacked to a significant degree. And I was speaking to my personal trainer this morning and she described two very distinct experiences. On one side for her, the notification came through and she was like, oh, I wonder what that could be. I wonder how much, what that's going to mean. Is it good news? Is it bad news? Triggering a state of anxiety. And on the other side, a description of her teenage, that uh, must be daughter-in-law or something like that, going, oh yeah, yeah, this is great. I feel great. Ding, ding. I'm feeling great. Somebody cares. Somebody loves me. The dopamine hit on the other side. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. We are in uncharted territory. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> that if we took, well, I've I thought about this experiment, bringing someone from the 18th century to 2024. So you know, like, what is this? <laughs> uh, absolutely. So I think I'd love to get into a deeper discussion about both, but let's, so let's first go back to the intrusive nature of notifications at work and and let's just bring to everybody's attention that there is no such thing as multitasking so every time you get interrupted there is a certain uh period of time i can't remember exactly what it is you might know tom i think it's around the six minute mark it's something quite long where you will need to you you've been interrupted and you've your focus has changed and then you need to refocus on what you were doing before. Oh, what was I doing before? Relearn, you know, re-tell yourself what you were doing and here you go again. So there is no multitasking. That is a myth, um, you know, other than uh, mothers multitasking with certain things. Uh, in terms of work life, I don't think that multitasking exists. Every time that I'm at work doing something and an interruption comes through, I have to reset. And that is time consuming. And it's also, it can be very taxing and lead to that anxiety because I was just in the middle of doing something that required uh, some, some pretty uh, intense concentration. And now that has been interrupted. So I suppose, you know, there are, have to be strategies in place to either prevent this from happening um or well i mean you're not going to be able to multitask you're not going to be able to not be interrupted so it has to be strategies i think with this particular issue i mean i've certainly heard the six minute mark being mentioned in terms of i'm i let's say that i'm working on a single task and i'm now kind of in a flow state i'm very focused it's pretty much become my only thing that i'm working on and then I get interrupted, then the difficulty of the brain to shift to whatever the interruption was, deal with that, 
then come back, refocus, and then kind of get the wheel flowing again, the inertia spinning of like, where was I? What was I up to? Okay, that that six minutes is is probably still on the low side for me. Like sometimes I will take, I, I see I lose track of time when I enter into flow state. So I don't know when it kind of kicks in, but it could be 10, 12, 15, 20 minutes in in order to really drop into that like almost automatic experience. I'm I'm seeing connections, I'm seeing things that are coming through edits or rewrite, whatever it is, but it could be longer than six minutes. But one of the concerns I've had, let's say it is six minutes, it feels to me like the chances of being interrupted more frequently than six minutes is pretty high. So I'm never, actually focused on the work that I'm meant to do at all. That if I get a two minute interruption and then another one, three minutes and then another one, 30 seconds and another one, five minutes and another one, two minutes, there's never even the six minutes to re-enter the flow state. Uh, And so I'm not really getting much done at all. Well, yes, I can totally relate to that situation. Most of my day is is that way interrupted. There's only there's only some chunks where I do report writing where I'm able to get into the flow state and get actually just work my way through several thousand words at a time. But the rest of my work is more dynamic. There are interruptions, even the nature of the software that I use. It, it gives you alerts. It, you have to jump around certain different parts and you always have that feeling. So, I, and I think I'm, I'm getting better at managing it. But, um, yeah, t- I suppose it depends on how tired I am and, um, you know, my state of concentration that day and my emotional state and, um, you know, all sorts of things come into why I'm better at concentrating some days than other. But yes, it is something that I have to deal with day in, day out, the constant interruptions. It's never going to go back to, you know, pen and paper and, and nothing, no digital intrusion at all. Um, so it's sort of managing and managing the situation. And I think something that's helped me is to is to task batch. But something else that's helped me, so when I say task batch, I'm talking about the first thing I do when I sit at my desk is check my emails and attend to them for 30 minutes. Then I don't look at them again for, you know, several hours, if not five hours. Like it's just I can't just keep checking emails. Um, It's too much of an interruption. Um, Something else, so I try and task batch. It's difficult with the nature of the work that I do because there's so many stakeholders I have to um, you know, reach out to, and some there might be a catalyst that uh, that the catalyst sort of you know creates this chain of I need to contact several people, I need to look up several things. It's it's not just one task that I have to do. There might be seven things involved with reaching a particular goal for a client. So the other thing that really helps me settle into some sort of I don't know feeling of, um, you know, I'm organised, my mind is organised, is is actually having a pen and paper and doing doing my, my uh, writing some notes the old-fashioned way because when you're doing that in the process, 
Um, you know, you can't be interrupted. Nothing's going to jump out of the paper to, you know, alert you of anything. Um, and it's also just a really good way of writing down what I need to be done, you know, what are the big frog things that need to be done first thing in the day? What are the the other tasks that are less important? And I'm I'm physically in touch with the pen and paper and I don't ever feel that sort of intrusion. And it's not a huge part of my day, but it's something that kind of keeps me a, a little bit calmer um, when there's all of this digital intrusion with my, you know, many, many, you know, things open on my computer and different software and this and that. And it's just, uh, yeah, it gets it gets very exhausting. I, I mean, one solution that I have had some success, I mean, the, what you describe is very helpful in terms of, hey, here's when I check emails mm. and that's it. I check from 9 till 9.30 and 1 to 1.30. I've actually remembered calling a friend many years back and he described, I check my voicemails at 1 p.m. every day. Don't okay. expect a response in that outside of that time frame. And uh, so it limits the amount of information coming in, which I think it's quite possible these days if you don't have a screening experience of what's going on uh, of data coming in, then you just end up email, 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 these conversations are going on and yet not that much is progressing. Uh, so the, so the, the, the batching is extremely powerful. One of the concepts that I've struggled with is the idea of turning off access to the internet mm -hmm. to get stuff done, but it's difficult if I need to use the internet to get my work done. Correct. So that, then, that my mind, um, that kind of, and, and what you were saying about, the gentleman that said he only checks his his voicemails at 1 p.m. We're almost entering into a conversation about boundaries with yourself, you know. So if you can't turn the internet off, we're talking about establishing really good boundaries. And I've had to do this. I have Thursdays off and um, some of my clients have said to me, why don't you answer my phone calls on Thursday? And I said, well, I don't work on Thursday. I won't be answering your phone calls. And just having those really good boundaries with clients or with yourself, I'm not going to do work on a Thursday. That's my day to do other things. It's, it's yeah, but, but the, that question mark is why can't I get hold of you? Why can't I, like, that mm. expectation from the world that we should all be on all the time and contactable. It's a very difficult place to find ourselves. And I think Australia may have just brought in laws that says you don't have to respond to work requirements outside of work hours. It's pretty interesting that they've actually had to legislate that and say, you know what? But on the same token. You don't have to. Yeah, it was emails. You don't have to take work related emails after hours. Let don't you. have to take work-related email. And yet, as you described, working after hours is very common as well. Don't think that there's just like one or two people doing that. So for those of you just wondering what happened, we just had a little digital intrusion of an unusual kind, which is uh, Annabelle, your computer just decided to uh, just stop. Is that correct? 
Oh, you had great. battery. You know, this is the thing with technology. This is the love-hate relationship that I'm talking about. It's it's so beautiful when it all works well and it's so damn, you know, annoying when it doesn't. Well, it's a beautiful example of digital intrusion other than it was the computer dying that was the intrusion as opposed to an interruption that we're much more familiar with. But what I'm literally experiencing is that we were quite deep in a flow state, discussing, discussing, discussing. And then you've come back on and said, hey, what were we up to? I'm like, I, I don't remember. And then you had I to say, like, yeah. I'm not sure either. But this is exactly what we're dealing with. <laughs> it's actually a really bizarre experience that this is happening live because it's exactly what happens at work. It's going to take six minutes to reset or longer to return to what were we talking about? Um, you know, you're getting it live. <laughs> well, it is. So, all right, let's, let's come to a solution that I have trialled with some success over the last maybe two to three months. And that was that the first thing in the morning, I leave my phone on airplane mode and airplane mode is a wonderful wonderful tool for preventing connection to the internet and allowing stuff to get done so ideally in the morning I am meditating exercising I do some journaling and then I turn on the internet at that point and I didn't used to do that and I would turn on turn off the airplane mode and it would go ding, 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 ding. All of these things would come through and I'm having a way better morning experience because I don't turn on immediately to the wider world, the internet, everybody else's requirements from me. And it took some discipline. There was a certain addiction to finding out what emails were coming through, what direct messages were coming through, what this, what that, even looking at the news before getting started into my day. And I am feeling a significantly better experience of my mornings, which sets up my days because of this. That's an interesting routine that you've established. Uh, it's great that it's working better for you. I think that human beings have such curiosity and then, of course, there's, you know, the, the dopamine hit. Um, so I think most people would find it incredibly difficult to detach from, you know, technology the way that you are. But, you know, if people can't do it every morning like that, maybe there's one morning a week they could do it or maybe there's a, a block of time they could do it or maybe they could do one down from that which is put on the do not disturb, you know. So that's just that's preventing the phone from dinging. But uh, I suppose, you know, you're still able to look at things. I'm not sure I could uh, resist. It's probably something that I should try. I feel like I'm just, you know, always really curious as to what's what's going on out there in, you know, the big, the big uh, wide world. 
Um, but am I better off for it? I'm, I'm not sure. But this is kind of getting into the emotional side that we talked about earlier. We've talked about the intrusion with the workplace, but the emotional side of, um, you know, needing to be part of social media and wanting to feel um, attention or love or, um, you know, just purpose through the internet. And, and this is, I think, incredibly challenging, not for not just for people that work, but um, for the whole lifespan, young people, old people, you know, there's that connection. You know, it's one of, uh, you know, is it Maslow or one of the psychologists has the has the, the the needs and, you know, the need for social connection is incredibly profound. So here we find ourselves with the perfect way to connect, but then there's the unhealthiness of well, how much how much do you need and the dopamine hits and and what what sort of what's healthy attention and what's not and where are there dangerous avenues and you know how do you know where to draw a line with yourself um, you know and this is this I read a a, stat, a sad statistic the other day it's social media the the uh, inception of since the inception of social media teenage um, suicides have doubled, you know. So there is, and I, I use that as, a, as an example. I know that's just, you know, one, one um, you know, one area that's devastating. But if it's doing that, um, it does have a, a negative impact on, on humans. And, and, you know, how do we manage this and protect ourselves and protect our loved ones? Well, I think for me, a couple of things, like it's highly likely that we are now overexposed to the number of people that we perhaps traditionally would have been exposed to. That I think one, I can't remember the book, but they were talking about like there's some people who are super networkers that know a lot of people and they have like 1500 people that they know. And then some people, most of us are not like our society is like maybe 500 and some of us like down at 100 people. And yet the technology is opening us up to hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people that at some level there's a connection. I looked at my Facebook friends, 846 Facebook friends. Two and a half thousand followers on. I'm like, whoa, I, and I really struggle. I actually put it down from consulting with GP that when I'm open, like I'm seeing someone, I'm fully present and I kind of close down their file and forget about it. Otherwise, I end up overloaded every day seeing 20, 25 people. And so my mind just kind of got used to just shut the file. I shut the file. And then when I see them, it's fine. It all opens up. But the, the difficulties of this exposure, it's very challenging for the emotional uh, experience. What are other people thinking? What are other people saying? Even in doing this podcast and seeing like, well, well, maybe someone's like, you guys are not doing a great job. Other people are like, hey, you're doing a great job. Maybe you're doing this, maybe you're doing that. All of these thoughts that are coming up. And most likely it's like, am I still part of the tribe? Am I safe in this community? But digitally, like, it's like, well, I'm, I've got a lot more people that are having a, a, an opinion, a judgment. I've got to be okay with that. Otherwise, probably shouldn't be doing the podcast. The <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
The other issue that comes up that we're seeing medically is just this huge rise in ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. So much so that the pediatricians and the psychiatrists, it's this huge problem. It's consuming all of the resources for those specialties. Now, the question that comes to me is, was it always there and we are now just seeing a diagnosis of these this condition and it's like well actually yeah all of these people a third of the population or something had adhd and we just missed it as a diagnosis or did something change in the last five or ten years that is now inducing this problem with focus and i gotta say i'm mm. tending towards it's the second is that possible yeah, <laughs> yeah it is possible how how would that how would that impact the human brain because I, I can see the link between the intrusion and the having to reset and the, the you know you, you have to focus harder and and work your brain so much harder to stay on track stay focused but how does that essentially uh, create a higher number of ADHD diagnoses? Well, my, my thought of it, if I'm scrolling a feed, whether it's news, whether it's social media, whatever it is, I'm actually task swapping, task swap, task swap, task swap. What's this story about? What's this person saying? What's this task swap? And it's happening every like one, two, three seconds. And now I'm training mm. myself to be able to do that skill set while at work being asked to be able to focus for three hours in one condition. I'm like, well, you know, mm -hmm. this is unlikely to be conducive that if I'm trained from these devices to have a one to three second attention mm -hmm. span, then I'm expecting to be able to go to work and hold attention on a single focus for even 20 minutes. That's a huge jump from two to three seconds. Mm. So I think that's yeah. why we're seeing so much attention deficit yeah. disorder. I, I'm not a specialist into it. And, you know, you, you, uh, you, obviously mm. the psychiatrists will have their own opinion. But my take on it is that we did not have a whole host of people missing the diagnosis. Yes, there were probably some. And there's more awareness around ADHD now that mm. they're like, oh, no, I've got it. But this massive explosion in poor attention to me is likely that we are scrolling feeds so fast that our brains are just becoming used to one to three seconds of attention on any one particular task. Mm. And then it, 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 it sort of that makes me think, you know, are we how are we making these choices going forward how will this affect us going forward is it embracing technology even more uh you know chat gpt ai and we don't need to train our concentration to be an extended period of time because we're not being trained in that way from you know five years old or do we need to do we need to take action here and make sure that our our youth are being trained to, you know, extend their concentration beyond three seconds. So it's. A, I, it's I wouldn't say it's just young people for another time. I think it's a it's bigger conversation, 
And it's certainly not just young people, it's across the board. Maybe the very elderly who are not using the devices so much, but it's a risk for everybody. So mm. we're good, coming good, to the uh, end of the show. Yes. Yep. And, so, and my, Annabelle, my why final lead away. I go straight back to the beginning about what I said. It's still a love-hate relationship for me. So uh, I'm not sure. As you said, we didn't close. We opened, um, which to me means that this is a a topic that needs a a lot of thought, a lot of consideration and some more discussion for for us. Um, You know, it's, it's not going anywhere. It's not going away anytime soon. So, you know, we need to think hard about how we manage our lives with technology um, and, yeah, as I said, it remains a, a love-hate relationship. Uh, it's just sitting there, you know, pulling at me and pushing at me and uh, I'm just doing my best as a human being to manage it. My takeaways, i got to say, like I really liked your thoughts on boundaries, that this is a boundary issue mm-hmm. and that if I can hold a boundary and say, I'm turning off notifications or I'm turning off the internet or I'm not going to receive emails or SMS or app notifications during this period. I think that's our first, for me, that's our first step. It's like, okay, for the next half hour, I'm doing this one task and I'm not going to allow the intrusion. And then come out of that experience, maybe do the, do the, uh, the notification experience, feel good, and then lock back down with firm boundaries. And then supporting others in this, that if somebody is not replying, then I'm going to make the hopeful assumption that they're holding a boundary to get the work done. So big topic I today. That. I love that. It's Always, always try and recognise somebody else's situation. It's, you know, really critical. Beautiful. All right, Annabelle, that has been a wrap for episode number five with a little meta experience of the uh, laptop deciding to have its own little intrusion. It's been a lot of fun. Once again, the time has flown by. Uh, Look forward to seeing you next week for the next episode of Visual Workplace. Catch you then. See you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us at the Visual Workplace. This is a notification that the information and ideas discussed here are general in nature and do not take into account your specific circumstances. You should seek specialist advice for any medical, financial, emotional, mental, or other difficulties that you are facing with appropriate specialists and professionals so that they can apply your specific circumstances and give you the required advice. Thank you for joining us, but this is also a notification that all information is indeed general in nature and not specific for your personal circumstances.